Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 40 for Monday, May 20th, 2019. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me as always is my friend Johnny, or you may know him better as Pixel Riffs. Hello, sir, and happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And happy belated birthday to Minecraft as well. The uh, 10th anniversary celebrations are going to basically headline this week's news section. We've got a lot of news this week, but it is great to be here 40 episodes in and, yeah, coasting towards the the halfway point before we go like we're looking at the horizon and a hundred is there and oh gosh i can i can, I are can we, barely think about it at this point are we looking at episode 50 as a milestone or are we looking at episode 64 as the milestone like i the think full stack 64 does seem like the more appropriate one for what we do but i'll still be yeah. i'll still be celebrating when we hit 50 because that'll be about a year's worth of this podcast at that point that's right because we've uh we did take two weeks off at christmas yeah about, about christmas? that yeah. Two, but two weeks i think because christmas was so close to the mondays that it was like christmas eve and new year's day or something mm-hmm. like that or both of them were like like landed on the holidays so we've yeah. taken two weeks off of christmas time so so yeah 50 would be around a year i think wow only 10 weeks left and we've been doing this for a year that's insane <laughs> it certainly is it certainly is so uh let's let's talk minecraft let's talk about what we've been up to this week before we uh unpack the the massive news week that minecraft has had uh have you gotten into 1.14 at long last I have gotten into 114. I have gotten into 114. One, 114 pre one, two, three. I'm on 114 dot two pre two because I have to be. Uh, and we'll get into that in the news. I won't. I won't dwell on it here. Uh, but in the short term, uh, I did hop on and do a short stream, and uh, I was exploring some of the new blocks. I, for for other reasons, I didn't want to do a lot of exploring. Uh, but I thought, you know, we've got a lot of new textures, a lot of new blocks. And I thought, let's just go play with these. Let's just, just use them in an existing build. Uh, the uh, old fortified bridge, which is something that has been built and completed, uh, but I'm certain I'm now uploading the videos to YouTube. Uh, I had built that with the knowledge that 114 was coming very soon. Like yeah. we were in, we were in snapshots. We might have even been in pre-releases at that point. And uh, so I knew that it wasn't going to be a big deal that a good chunk of the deck of the bridge was slabs and that I was going to be able to add a lot more texture to the bridge uh, once 114 dropped. So that's what I did. I went down, I did a path with some stairs. And anytime that you do a, a staircase that involved slabs as opposed to proper stair blocks, and even proper stair blocks, you had very limited options as far as texture goes. Uh, so... The path leading down to the bridge and all that kind of stuff. I went through and I peppered it all with these great new texture blocks. You know, we've got mossy cobble and mossy brick. We've got andesite. I didn't use any granite uh, or any diorite, but uh, that's because the existing path was mostly um, mostly gray. Mm-hmm. So I was using more of the gray variants. Uh, I have to say that having mossy stairs in both cobble and uh, in stone brick is phenomenal game changer like, right you can absolutely like it really does feel like you can now get your mossy accents to like crawl across your builds mm-hmm. like you can kind of there's there's not nothing is is uh in those kind of situations is held back in terms of um like there's just not a block that that 
blocks your progress if that makes yeah i can't think of a better word it's it's a natural way for moss to behave it's not going to be like oh this is only one meter area that i can spread myself over it's going to get into the cracks of everything and so not having slabs for that before felt so limiting and now it's a a much more freeing experience to use yeah exactly for for example like if you want to put uh, a slab on top of uh, a regular mossy brick it could not be a mossy slab before but now it can so not only are you mob proofing that that space but you're also uh having it look consistent uh which is, so any kind of retaining wall in the future is just going to look phenomenal like mm-hmm. they're just going to look so so good uh however i came across a glaring oversight and it became a meme in my chat <laughs> during the stream there are no cracked stone brick slabs or stairs yeah there are there are none whatsoever i i don't know whether i've ranted about this on the show before whether it's come up and we've just like "Eh, whatever we can't say much about it because 114 isn't out yet and i feel like all of the issues with 114 have kind of overshadowed a lot of these blocks that they've put in but it is it is glaring because like when i went to go texture this bridge I wanted to use this cracked slab and I couldn't because you can't do it. I even thought, no, this can't be right. Maybe I have to smelt uh, regular slabs. Like I have to make the slabs and then I have to smelt the slabs. There's there's got to be some workaround for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Because we used to have uh, a crafting recipe in a data pack for making double slabs, like making the smooth variants in Mm 113.2. And we don't need that anymore because, of course, they're part of the game. But you have to smelt stone to get smooth stones now. You don't just make smooth stone slabs because what you get is stone slabs yeah when you do that recipe now so you have to smelt things first and then make them which is fine i don't mind it i've got a super smelter on the server it's not going to take that long uh and i don't mind i don't mind that new blocks require work like that's just added gameplay i'm never going to complain about that because it's also not a huge roadblock right it's it's put the thing in a furnace you know Mm -hmm. like put in a stack go do something else when you're you know come back you're done uh but when I when I could not make cracked stone slabs in the way that you can make cracked stone bricks, the even the entire chat was just like, we've been following you in this this update for weeks. Like it just seems so obvious. And none of us could come up with any kind of logical reason as to why they didn't put them in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if anything, like the way you use cracked stone brick is usually to denote that something is ruined or at least like in a state of disrepair and a lot of the time when you build atmospheric kind of stuff you build like ruins on a hilltop you'll put like stone brick slabs around the place just kind of dotted around on the floor as though something has fallen down it makes perfect logical sense for those to also have cracks in the texture because if something's fallen off a roof it's probably going to break up a little bit and so those mm. seem like, yeah, perfectly logical blocks to have. And like you, I can't think of a reason why they're not in the game in the first place with all of these other additions lately. It just seems like you can maybe substitute andesite because it looks like sort of veiny and cracked in a way, but it's not the same. It's not the same so, as something no, that looks tooled, same. you know? No, it's, it's not the same. And But I will say on a positive note that andesite slabs and stairs are like my new favorite. Oh, yeah. like They, they are not the polished version. Although I can't say, not that the polished version doesn't look good, but for what I was using these for in terms of adding textures underfoot, uh, the, the, the regular andesite stuff is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And if I recall, the only thing we don't have in andesite is a polished andesite wall. We yeah. have an andesite wall, andesite stairs, andesite slabs, and then we've got polished stairs and slabs 
and blocks but we don't the only thing we don't have is a polished wall mm-hmm. uh but again it's one of those things where like okay but why not and <laughs> it, it, like it did, but so like you've gone so far as to put all these different variations and then you've just skimped on this one it's like well you're already adding like why not have like an update where it's like you know all those stone blocks that you know and love well we have all the variants and they're all there and that way you don't have to like it just creates confusion, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're using you're using your stone walls and your and your polished stone slabs and stairs, and then you think, oh yeah, well I'll just put a polished wall there. It'll look great. What do you mean they don't exist? Yeah, yeah. It, and yeah so it it feels weird. It can't be an oversight from the devs either. That seems like a deliberate decision to leave those ones out specifically. And I would love to know what the justification for it was. Like if they're trying to promote player creativity or texture variation or something by leaving these out, that's all well and good, but that's never been stated anywhere. And it's one of the things that they could just kind of say, you know, this is the vague reason why we've done it. Like we want to make sure that people are you know, running the whole sort of span of blocks and kind of picking stuff out that they wouldn't use normally. Fair enough. But it seems bizarre to not give us the more freedom. Like, it's it's yeah. it's the argument versus, like, do limitations really create, you know, do they, do they foster creativity in that way? Or would having a wider range of things allow people to be more creative just because they could pick those things out in the first place? Yeah, and I, I have an example. I will try to look for the link because it's not in the show notes. I found it uh last night or the night before looking for something else entirely it's not to do with stone walls but it's directly related to lanterns and so i'll keep this brief because i want to know what you've been up to as well uh but uh japa responded on reddit to a comment on why uh lanterns the new lantern blocks cannot be hung on the side of blocks Mm -hmm. like you have to hang them from underneath something or on top of something and place them on top of something you can't just put them on a wall and it was they, his response was essentially, I'm paraphrasing, it was a conscious decision. We decided that the torch is such an iconic Minecraft look that we didn't want them to be replaced by lanterns by players. Mm-hmm. So the lantern has limitations. It's supposed to foster creativity. It's like it's basically what you just said. Uh, it was such a PR response. Like it's, it's like, if anybody asks, this is what you were supposed to say mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then surprisingly, the, the responses on Reddit were all respectful. They're yeah. like, I respectfully disagree. Like he went on to say like, you know, we want this to foster creativity. We think that it's, it would be, uh, it would replace the torches and no one would use torches anymore. And like everybody in the Reddit was just like, well, yeah, because torches are ugly and we have to put them everywhere. And I would much rather use lanterns. Why would you not give us the option to use lanterns? If there's someone out there that likes torches better than lanterns, then they'll use torches instead of lanterns. Yeah. But it was like everybody looked at that reasoning and just kind of politely said, respectfully, you're wrong. Yeah, and it, like it was, it just one of those things where like, wh- why, why wouldn't you do it? I, I, what I was looking for was a data pack that would allow me to do it, and I stumbled upon the Reddit thread. I was, I was trying to figure out a way to do it myself because I, I think it is another one of those just like, what? Why isn't this a thing? You know, and and the lanterns on the side of blocks, along with the cracked stone bricks or cracked stone brick slabs and stairs, is one of those things where you're just kind of like, 
it's like you wrote a word and you forgot to dot an I. Yeah. Right. It's just, yeah. It, it, like it, it, it seems like the obvious completion, you know, of, of the thought, you know, of the, of the effort. But anyway, um, I would very much like to hear if they have the same robotic response to cracked stone slabs and bricks. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Depends who you talk to, I guess. Yeah. So what have you been up to, man? Uh, this week I've been playing with the player functionality of the new village workstations because obviously I've looked at the villager stuff quite heavily last week. Uh, and this week there was a couple of things that I really wanted to get into. Specifically, how you use composters because their potential use as bone meal farms kind of intrigued me. And lecterns because lecterns have so much good redstone functionality that I really think they can be used a lot more and be a much more immersive redstone switch than having like a big lever on a wall somewhere. It's something that looks less obvious to the average observer, but then uh, to, not to use an observer and confuse everybody by talking about observers, uh, but to the average onlooker, shall we say, uh, it, it looks like a, a lectern is just a lectern. It's an unassuming book with a stand, but then you turn the page and a piston door opens, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I was looking into that. I installed a neat little uh, hidden staircase in the castle library that now if you flick a book from where it says open to where it says sesame, it opens up the piston door. Uh, which is kind of fun. I created... Uh, this ha used to be more of a thing a while ago, back when the enchanting setup used to cost you the amount of levels that it displays, rather than costing you one, two, or three levels and the equivalent amount of lapis. If you got, like, a level 30 enchant, you had to consume all 30 levels in order to enchant something back in the day. I think this was, like, right. pre-1.8 or 1.9. Um, but anyway, yeah, this used to be a thing. People used to have variable enchanting setups, so you would have a redstone means of having pistons push bookshelves up around an enchantment table so that you could change the amount of levels you were using to enchant something. And I did that with a lectern and the functionality whereby if you have like a 15-page book, then you can change the comparator output of a lectern by one redstone power each time. So each time you turn a page of the book, another bookshelf pushes up using pistons and kind of comes into the range of an enchantment table. And yeah, I was just playing around with stuff like that this week. It was good fun. It's a shame to me that more workstations don't have interesting functionality like that. Like the the potential for redstone uses and automation are not there with, for example, the cartography table, which still does neat stuff with maps, but it's not like when you lay down a map on it, it outputs a redstone signal or something like that. I, I feel yeah. like while obviously there aren't really justified uses for like every time you repair something on a grindstone that happens because then you've always got to have something to repair and, you know, it, it seems like an odd place to put redstone functionality. But I kind of wish there was more depth to some of the other workstations that way because it's a bit more fun for the technical player to go into how some of that stuff can be integrated. I'm still expecting lecterns to turn up everywhere in shops on multiplayer servers as like ordering systems and stuff like oh, yeah. that. So I'm looking forward to, to people getting their hands on those. Well, and it's, it's one of those things that it's such a straightforward way to control redstone because like when you've got something like a chest or a hopper or something where a comparator is taking a signal out, the signal strength of one to 15 is proportional to the number of items in that container yeah so a double chest needs more items in it to get a signal strength of five than a single chest or a hopper or a dropper or whatever whereas the book it's 15 pages yeah page one signal one page 15 power 15 
and so it's way easier to control uh, and do that kind of stuff. And and I mean, you could do all kinds of really cool things. Like you know, you you've got a really simple example there, and, and great for teaching people about like you know turning a page in a book to open a door. But yeah. like you imagine having three lecterns, you know, with fifteen pages, and you've got to find the right combination of like this book has to be on page six, the second book has to be on page two, and the last book has to be on page, you know, uh, uh, fifteen. And if all of those red zone signals line up with the logic behind the wall, then the door opens. Like yeah, that, yeah. that you can get some really, really cool stuff, especially for like, um, we don't talk about it much on the show because I don't play them very often. But like, you know, downloadable adventure maps. Like these yeah, were totally. you you reached a puzzle room and you have to you know sort out the lecterns and maybe there's clues on the pages. Like you've got to line up a sentence or something like that. There could be all kinds of really cool stuff. Yeah, you you end up with like mist style puzzles at that stage. Which yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, neat. Yeah. Um, so uh, do, do we get do we get uh, sorry to cut you off do we get redstone output from blast furnaces and smokers uh i don't know about redstone output i imagine they could be measured by comparators in the same way that anything that's, that's a meant, container yeah. could yeah so the same yeah. as furnaces i'd expect but okay. yeah um the other thing i've been doing is a little bit of spring cleaning i've been going back to some old projects to kind of tidy them up a little bit and complete some stuff that i feel like was omitted originally uh, I'm doing my nether hub now, having built a giant circle out of Prismarine and then left that for probably eight weeks or so. <laughs> I just kind of got, I got to the point where I, I'd built a circle. It took me ages because of how large it was. And I kind of went, you know what? I'm going to leave this for a while until I feel inspired again, because it's, it's burnt me out slightly. Um, so I'm working on that on streams and I have gone back to the Woodland Mansions to correct something that I thought was the case in my original Woodland Mansion video, which is now actually my most successful video, um, in which I thought that the secret room in this mansion had no contents. Uh, so I didn't really include it in the video because I thought it was a bit of an anticlimax. Turns out there's an attic space in some of those rooms that has two chests in that I had never encountered before. And I'm used to some of the secret rooms just generating normally and having that big obsidian thing with a diamond block in the middle. This one had no chests in it whatsoever, but there's a secret, like, two-block high area in the ceiling that had some loot in it. So I went back and got that, and that's in, in tomorrow's survival guide video. Very, very cool. I didn't know that they had attics. I Yeah, there's... The, the mansions are just not something that grabbed my attention. Yeah, the, the third level of that room, occasionally it spawns a, a secret room behind, you know, that um, sort of giant pillager head made out of wool that's on the way yep. up the uh, up the stairs. Basically behind that, there's usually a secret room. And in my mansion, there wasn't. It was on. It was generated on the opposite side of the building. Uh, but there, there was just this, this room that it, like the entire thing doesn't have an attic space, but this room in particular generates with one. So it was weird. It was not a, not a thing I'd ever encountered before in any of the other woodland mansions. So I didn't find it particularly noteworthy at the time. Turns out there's more secrets in there than meets the eye. Very, very cool. So, we should so I guess we should, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great minds think alike, right? Yes. Uh, we should probably dive into some news because there is an absolutely just, ton mm -hmm. uh, of, of news this week uh, where, where do you want to start with when you do you want me to break down the the 10th anniversary announcements do we want to start with 114 dot whatever <laughs> i think let's let's start with the the 114 stuff let's start with the in-game stuff because then we can go blow by blow for the 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 Mine, minecraft birthday or 10th anniversary whatever you want to want to term it yeah Sure. Uh, so, I mean, we've got 114.1 reception. There's the 114.2 pre-release came out uh, on May 1st. No, sorry. On uh, Sorry, pre-release 1 came out May 16th, 2019. 
Uh, and there are things like um, light sources spontaneously not working in some chunks. Uh, animals, villagers, item frames, armor stands, etc., are disappearing. Observers don't update redstone properly. So there's a lot of uh, technical bugs. I believe in the 114.1 they fixed the chunk loading problem. Yeah, chunk loading uh, which... was much improved when I logged yeah. in with that update. But there were still, yeah. yeah, these lighting issues everywhere. My server has been plagued by those. Um, mm -hmm. And they'll find that spontaneously torches either look like they are no longer working or they look like they're working, but the actual in-game light level, if you open the debug view, uh, says that there's no block light. So it, it yeah. can it can appear less dangerous than it is, which is always a bit of a concern. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also uh, in other server bugs, and I think this was a, a problem with 114.1 because I don't remember it being a problem with 114. Uh, and that is on every server restart, which for those of, the, of you that don't know, usually servers restart at least once a day. Uh, you can set it up automatically to be at a convenient time. Like the Citadel restarts at three o'clock in the morning because no one's ever on at that time. You're not mm -hmm. going to kick somebody. Or if I am on, I should not be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it's a good reminder uh, to get off and get some sleep. And uh, at every server restart, the server was not in survival and set to peaceful, which means if you have hostile mob farms or hostile mobs captured or, you know, things around, they all disappear. Uh, so in order to fix that, uh, you had to add something like a data pack that would then right after you load up the world, switch it on the first game tick to, to the difficulty level that you want. Uh, so there's all, I mean, I can't even begin to list the, the amount of bugs that have been plaguing, uh, 114.1 and dot, well, I shouldn't say dot two cause dot two seems to be okay in the pre-release anyway. Um, but 114.1, everybody thought that things were fine. And then slowly but surely, these these lighting bugs started to happen. And I watched unholy hell break loose <laughs> on, on the people that I follow on servers. And I understand that this is a small portion uh, of the Minecraft community. Most people are on Bedrock. And then most people, again, are on some version of mobile Bedrock. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the Java community to focus on that because that's what I play. That's what we, you and I spend the most time on. It really just felt like, uh, it felt like things are crumbling around you. Like it, it just <laughs> yeah. felt like it was, and, and, and I was happy to see, I mean, in an intelligent way, a lot of the people that I follow were not cutting Mo Yang any slack. They're yeah. just like, mm, no, like, I love this game, but this is broken. Like, yeah. this is not playable. This is creating, like, instead of playing Minecraft this week, I'm managing my server from an admin side to hope that we don't lose everything. Like, I watched uh, an Exumavoid video. I mean, I'm referencing Hermitcraft a lot, I know, but that's because I watch a lot of it. And I have to learn from them, you know, how to handle these things when they go wrong, because I'm not so technical on the back end that I can yeah. just come up with solutions on my own. I have to kind of, like, follow their lead. And... Like Exumavoid was going back to backups of worlds and copying zones of entities and then pasting those entities into the new into the new version of the game. Now, thankfully, the Citadel were such a small server and there weren't that many people playing for the day and a half that I had 114.1 running on the server. No one was really online. And if they were, they didn't leave the meadows. So they didn't load any new chunks. Uh, with the exception of one little village that we had at the very tip, like edge of our zone. Mm -hmm. um, and it loaded in empty. 
So I took all the time to trim these chunks and, and reload our villages to try to get more 114 villages closer to our, our build area. And, you know, 114.1 just said, no, oh, no, we're just no entities. Sorry. <laughs> just yeah. not going to happen. Uh, to, to save myself from going on any kind of, you know, long, long rant, I really feel like 114 should not have been released. They yeah. just they should have just sat on it. I'm not saying that the content is bad, right? New blocks, villager trading, raids. It's all great ideas. But I'm saying that the execution, specifically in Java, has been unprofessional and poor. Like it's just it it well, like we said earlier about like, you know, how did they miss crackstone bricks? It just seems obvious. Well, that's content. Here it's like, how did you miss a lighting bug? That yeah. that allows hostile mobs to spawn in places where the only player defense is light, mm-hmm. and you've broken that. Yeah, I, even after the discussions that say like Cubfan was having about being at end game and providing some other alternative to mm-hmm. lighting for mob control, it's like now lighting isn't even reliable. It's it's a real shame. And for my part, I have really not seen that many of these issues come up on my single-player world. And it does make me wonder how much of the testing process for these updates takes place in single-player environments. And obviously, Mm. the server hosting side of things, if it works on Realms, then maybe that's something Mojang can test more readily than they can test every hosting service out there where these issues may vary from host to host. Now, granted, I know virtually nothing about the hosting side of things, so people are probably rolling their eyes and saying, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, that's not the issue. Fair enough. But I wonder if in their test environments these things just aren't being flagged up in time because they're not present because they're testing it on their own servers that seem to be working mostly okay, or they're testing it in new environments where having that kind of infrastructure that a server that's been going for like six, eight months, however long it's been since 1.13 released, or even earlier, uh, they, they don't have the sheer amount of stuff built there that they don't see the cascade of problems going wrong at that point. I, I don't know, mm. and we don't know what Mojang's internal testing sort of no. side of things is like, and we know that they prefer to have stuff tested on the whole by the community because of the millions of possible permutations that can happen in this game that people tend to flag stuff up but these bugs the you know entities disappearing the light sources thing they seem to be happening so universally that i am baffled as to why they haven't been caught sooner yeah no that that's that's my thing too if if it was one person or like all right well this is this you know two or three people out of the the 25 people that i follow on youtube that play minecraft and it, it is a infant just a teeny tiny little speck of the player base right uh so it's not a it's not a data point is what Mm -hmm. i guess is what i'm saying yeah um but like when you have so many of these things in so many different situations all having the same like the, the same bugs happening across the board and and forums online and everybody kind of reporting it the fact that these bugs are being reported by moyang and saying oh yeah they're coming in a hot fix in the next week you should have caught it before it ends up in a hotfix. Like, I mean, and it, and this is not like a, you know, I'm trying to think about, for well, let's say, for example, observers that don't update Redstone properly. And that's tricky. That's going to break a lot of technical players' things. But that's not a game-ending 
kind of like ruin the player experience for a wide number of people. That to me is like, oh, we updated the lighting engine and somehow observers don't you know, operate the way that we thought they were going to. That to me is a smaller bug compared to entities disappearing and this light source spontaneously not working. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like there's there are things happening, especially because players, you're because what you're doing is you're messing with player trust, right? You've got people that have these long-standing worlds, people that have been playing, even if it's not something that they've been playing at for years, maybe they've only been doing like a season or, or something like that. I'm using again, Hermitcraft as an example, but like they've been playing on this world for a few months, right? They have a lot of stuff. They are very much into end game. They have a lot of builds that they've lit up and they travel a lot and they're on playing because you've said we've fixed everything. And then creepers start dropping out of the sky and spawning in places that they shouldn't spawn and blowing stuff up and it it nothing takes the fun out of minecraft more than stuff happening that shouldn't Mm -hmm. you know it's it's one thing when you're like a creeper falls on my head and it's like ugh, i didn't light up the top floor that's you know that sucks but that's a mental note next time light up the top floor right that's gameplay it's different when you're like there's a torch up there like this whole thing is lit from top to bottom where the crap did that creeper come from? You know, and and that's the kind of things that I've been seeing. And and, and the fact that it's not easily fixed, like uh, you can't just update the area and have the blocks go back to normal. You have to remove and replace every light block and put it back down for it to get fixed. And in some cases, when the server restarts, the lighting bugs return. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's like whack-a-mole. And it's just like, well, that's not how I want to spend my afternoon. Like, that's, yeah. you know, that's, it's not fun. Anyway, so... T- to, to the community's great credit, this doesn't really seem to be putting everybody off playing the game, which is, is good, I think, because mm-hmm. ultimately we want this update. I mean, the community is 100% behind Minecraft. We will call people out when we think things aren't up to scratch, but we still want the game to succeed and do well. We're not in the right. business of watching this thing crash and burn. So I think everybody has been doing their best to keep a keep calm and carry on kind of attitude, which mm-hmm. I appreciate being British. And uh, I, th- I think everyone is still having fun with, like you said, the content, the features, the fact that you can do a bunch of new fun stuff with villagers. They're embracing that side of things. And hopefully Moyang is getting themselves in gear to finally, you know, put the nail in the coffin for some of these bugs. And in the meantime, folks are you know maintaining a balanced attitude to the whole thing which yeah i appreciate hopefully it's something that gets resolved soon because we don't want to remember this as the super buggy update we want to play village and pillage and remember it for all of the the fun stuff that's just just been added to the game yeah uh changes in 114.2 should be out this week according to minecraft.net that's what they're saying we live in hope i mean that could yeah, that could be at any point this week. So that's that's the uh, um, as soon as possible, uh, make the changes next week is what they say. Um, I I really don't have anything extra to add outside of I feel like even though, like you mentioned, servers in Java and stuff like that is a small portion, you know, and and servers outside of of Moyang are a small portion, and it's gonna be it's impossible for Moyang to kind of predict all that kind of stuff. I would, I, the one thing I want to point out is that while it's a small portion, they are probably the most visual, visual portion. Yeah. Right. Like if you want to continue to grow your game and you want more and more young people to come in and play it, then I'm telling you when you've got people that are on YouTube with millions of followers, 
that are playing this game and they're showcasing how buggy it is, mm, that's not going to bring in new people. Like that, if I was a, a player not in this game watching this kind of stuff, it was like, why would I want to try to play this game? Mm-hmm. Like it, just, it, it does not look like it's working, you know? Or or it's like, meh, I'll put it, I'll be like, man, that looks fun, but it's obviously still not finished. I'll come back to that later. Well, we talked about attention spans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in the pre-show, the chances of me coming back to that later are nil, right? So I feel like they they have to be a little bit more aware of their voice in the community and 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 how it how it echoes. I think is is where they need to come down. I am one hundred percent fine with waiting longer for more updates if it means that they're not broken. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think a, a lot of people would agree at this stage. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like, yeah. we could have waited. Yeah. Anyway, since you share a birthday with Minecraft, uh, what were what what's your top takeaway from the announcements from uh, the ten year anniversary? There only was one announcement, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there were, <laughs> in theory, there were two, but one of the announcements was we're doing Minecon, and we went yeah we kind of we weren't expecting you to not do minecon at this stage but anyway i'll cover that first seeing as it's the first thing that comes to mind uh minecon 2019 has been announced it's going to be happening on september 28th at 12 p.m eastern time it's going to be streamed live again this year the the headline for the uh the kind of blog post about it was minecon is back and i went are they actually doing a physical convention no it's the live stream again uh, so it's the same format that they have done previously with Minecon Earth. We are also getting to vote on the next biome to be updated like we did last year, to which I, my brain goes, well, didn't we already vote on... Yeah, and, and they said all three of these are going to be updated eventually. So I'm kind of confused about the order of things, but maybe we'll get some clarification on that. There's going to be news about the next major game update, so we'll probably hear some stuff about what 1.15 for Java and whatever that version number ends up being for Bedrock is going to be. Uh, And now it is called Minecon Live and not Minecon Earth because the Earth name has been taken by the new augmented reality mobile game that was teased on the Microsoft Twitter account that we briefly covered last week. So we got a better look at that now. Uh, it's possible to sign up for a, a closed beta that's going to be happening later in the year. And by doing that, you can receive an in-game skin that works in the Bedrock edition of the game. That's quite a neat little design. It's kind of a, a humanoid representation of the overworld and the nether with like a sun hovering above the head, which is something you can't do in Java edition. Hence, they're not being a Java skin for it, but Bedrock edition and, you know, the console editions in general have always had like differently modeled skins and stuff like that. Um, there are a few details coming out about Minecraft Earth. There isn't strictly a sort of gameplay demo yet, but there was a kind of conceptual trailer for it, which kind of gives you the vibe. So it is sort of like Pokemon Go, for those of you guys who have played that. Um, It allows you to explore the world around you with augmented reality features on devices that have that kind of thing enabled. So you're talking anything that's running iOS 10 and later and recent versions of Android should be able to do it as well. If you've got something like an iPhone or a Pixel, a Google Pixel phone or something like that, you're probably good. And you walk around the world, you can see uh, using this augmented reality thing, you can see blocks and mobs from Minecraft, including apparently some new mobs that are going to be if not debuting as part of this game, then at least included in the game and brought in from from other Minecraft things. Um, And you're going to be able to collect them as you see them, in much the same way that Pokemon Go allows you to collect lots of these adorable little creatures 
uh, Minecraft Earth is going to let you collect resources and creatures from the Minecraft universe. And then it seems like it's going to be possible to use these blocks to build dioramas and little kind of builds collaboratively with your friends as though you're working together on a small kind of Minecraft bedrock realm on your devices and then take these builds out into the world and place them down somewhere for other people to see. So it's sort of like uh, going back to Pokemon Go again, the way that you would be able to claim gyms in your local area. There would be locations out there in the world where you could basically build something for other folks to see. Now obviously this has raised a few concerns about the kind of stuff people who would troll builds and stuff like that would tend to build. Everyone's expecting there to be a lot of you know, risque looking things out there in the mm-hmm. world potentially. Uh, but knowing what I know, I used to work for a an online games company for kids. So I know a little bit about online moderation. And from what I can see on their website, they're not publicizing this front and center, but it's there in the small print. There are going to be parental controls on this kind of thing. So you're going to be able to restrict being able to see user created content. And if you are a parent of a child and you're concerned about that, then you might want to look into your parental controls when this app launches because there is a chance that you'll be able to disable looking at what other people have built. There is also going to be an internal reporting feature that allows you to report anything that you think has been built that's inappropriate and you can report that and then that's going to go through a moderation team that will hopefully be able to quash that stuff before we see, you know, giant pixel art representations of genitalia on every street corner. So Mm. hopefully that stuff is going to be minimized at best and then we'll we'll be able to kind of get into a little bit more of the the interactive nature of it and sharing your minecraft builds out there in the world how do you feel about this as an app concept because i i don't know if you you probably didn't really get into pokemon go all that much and i only played that for a a few months before putting it down but how how do you feel about minecraft earth it's not I'm not the target audience. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's a neat concept. Uh, from the trailer, you know the, the kind of the idea that they're showing is like, well, you could put like a cool Minecraft tower and attach it to like the house that you actually live in. Yeah, uh, cool stuff like that. And it seems like you build this kind of stuff separately and a smaller scale. Yeah, uh, and then and then you could place it in the world and say, okay, well, this geolocation then when people walk by my house, then they're going to see this giant Minecraft tower sticking out of my bedroom. You know, friends on my street can see it, that kind of stuff. Uh, That requires the thing to work perfectly across all platforms. You know, it means that when I walk by Johnny's house, that that giant Minecraft tower, hopefully it's on his roof where it's supposed to be and not in his driveway because the geolocation is is off by a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So there's a lot of technical stuff that I don't know um, that I, I could see going wrong and having it not be a seamless experience. I'm curious. I'm a little bit more curious about stuff like um, similar to what they showcased at, oh God, I can't remember what E3 it was. It was quite a while ago. But like, you know, you're all at, a, you know, friends are sitting around a coffee table at a, at a cafe and everybody's looking at that coffee table through their phones with the augmented reality app. 
uh, with Minecraft Earth, and you're building something together. Like the HoloLens demonstration. Yeah, a, like yeah. like a Lego build. You know, like yeah. you know, you're building a castle. Somebody's working on the moat, and you're working on a tower on your side of the castle, and somebody else is working on a tower on their side of the castle. Like that, that could be kind of cool. Like that, that would be entertaining. Again, I don't know what cell phone batteries are going to stand up to, and <laughs> sure, yeah, like all, all those kind of technical things. Uh, and at, at the same time, what confuses me is that. It's not entirely different than the core gameplay, right? Like, I mean, you're collecting blocks, you're collecting resources, you can find chickens in the world and kill them and collect the meat, I guess, and you can do all this kind of stuff, and then you can build things. But that's what people do in-game now. Yeah. And so what I'm curious about is because of the parental controls that you saw in the fine print there, like, why would they want to divide their player base? Like, why would you want to take people away from Minecraft, away from the Minecraft store, and get them into this app? Yeah. Other it, than there has to be some sort of microtransactions. Like, there has to be a reason to keep them in the app. Yeah, right? they've, they've already said it's not going to be... There aren't going to be loot boxes. And the thing is, loot mm-hmm. boxes can mean something very specific, whereas... Pokemon Go had microtransactions that allowed you to buy more Pokeballs for catching creatures and more, you know, longer. like and, and, and it let you buy incubators that if you found an egg, then you could hatch Pokemon eggs and that kind of stuff. I don't know what that looks like for Minecraft, even if they have it. And I don't know if that means this ends up being a paid for app and that the mm. beta test that they've published being a closed beta means that it's not going to be something that everyone can just have a free-to-play then again they have mentioned it's going to be a free-to-play app i think in some of the faqs about it so yeah i'm not sure at this stage what the monetary model looks like for this or even if it's just a way to get people interested in minecraft who otherwise wouldn't be because it's a a game that you have to be kind of a shut-in to play um and, and, and commit so much time to do anything like that with any sense of progress that maybe it's appealing to people who don't have as much time and want to do something while they're on the bus to work or something like that like and i mean yeah. you're, you're, you're somebody who goes out regularly to have a run i mean if you say you got to a, a point where you wanted to pause in your run you're just like down by the the seafront and you want to chill for a moment and catch your breath you fire up this minecraft app and you get to see what people have been building down on the seafront the, there's a kind of loose appeal to that as it being like a a little and often kind of thing rather than something that you sink hours and hours into while you're at your pc or on your yeah yeah and it and it and it could have some i mean it all depends on what the community does with it i mean like geocaching is a big thing i mean that's a fun outdoor activity imagine you know introducing your kids to hiking in real life and adventuring around your your national parks you know and all the while knowing that hey while we're out here uh every you know uh, to every hour or so we're going to stop at the specific location and see if we can find this you know this rare minecraft mob that's supposed to be out yeah. here and you know it, it it you know and then the next thing you know if all goes according to plan the next time that there's a sunny weekend instead of being inside playing minecraft your kids are going to be let's go for a hike and find more yeah. you know i mean that's that's not a bad thing you know like so i, I don't want to come down on it but i'm just a little confused as to as to what kind of staying power it's going to have yeah uh, i did not think about it as an intro to minecraft though and that's a good point it's be very similar to like someone seeing those those silly puppy dog filters on instagram but you're not on Instagram. You've seen you've seen that on Twitter, or you've seen that 
uh, someone sharing that image on Facebook and you thought, oh, that looks fun. How do I do that? Oh, I have to have an Instagram account. Well, then there's somebody that's coming over to Instagram if that's something that they really want to do. Uh, I could see someone saying like, wow, my like my friend is having so much fun with this Minecraft app. Like what, what is this, what Minecraft is really like? I always thought it was X because like they have just misinformation. And, and so if they then look into it farther and go, Oh, okay. So this is what building in Minecraft is like. I wonder what this would be like if I had control over the whole world, like, mm -hmm. and then, then you're down with a bedrock edition or you're at a computer or it's a console or whatever. And, and I can sort of see that, that happening. Especially um, if it we've... starts off as a free to play experience as well, mm -hmm. because a lot of people, yeah. you know, parents aren't going to want to just go and download this expensive app for their, their kids to play on their mobile devices. But if it's a free to play yeah. thing, that kind of gets a foot in the door. They get to look at what Minecraft is like. And then, yeah, they get to, uh, to experience a taste of that before they commit to it wholeheartedly. And to go with that, like local sort of like, um, the, the, what was it? HTC Vive? What was the version that you mentioned? Oh, the HoloLens. HoloLens. Thank you. Yeah. But to, and to go back to the HoloLens example, like right now, if you want to play Minecraft with your kids or with your family, you either have to take turns on a console, do split screen or be in different rooms, I'm assuming. Yeah. But if you're all around the table, like you would be playing a board game, but you're playing Minecraft, you know, and you're looking through your iPad, which is not a small thing, mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to help in, and to, to do, do things with, with your family in that way, that could be very fun. Like that could be, it's less of a closed off way to play, right? Yeah. Like it's less of a blinders on. You're just looking at your screen. It, you, you, you'd have to be able to talk to the person next to you and they could lean over your shoulder and see what you're seeing from your perspective. And like, there's a little bit more, um, social aspect, I guess, to it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's on a social platform. Like it's on a mobile, mobile platform. Mm -hmm. I remember when Pokemon Go was, was the hot thing. I mean, I would see groups of 10, 12 people standing around and they would, I mean, they would be getting together on purpose to go out and, and play. And yeah. I had friends that would meet new people. Like they would end up, you know, adults that would meet for, they would meet playing Pokemon and then go for beer because it was like, well, this is the sixth or seventh time we've run into, you know, Joe and his wife and we're all out looking for Pokemon. Yeah. So let's just go and talk about it, you know, afterwards. It's no, it's no different than any other community online, right? I think ultimately um, it's a feather in Mojang's cap for promoting an active lifestyle as well. Like it's something that could yes. ultimately for, for Mojang and for Microsoft kind of look good on their portfolio uh in in a sense that you're encouraging people who are otherwise playing a game that yeah requires you to spend long hours looking at a screen in front of your computer indoors and then taking that out to a place where yeah it encourages like you said parents to take their kids on a hike so they can see if they can find something or if they can you know place one of the builds they've been working on together out there in the world for other people to see and then return to that and see if anyone's added to it or changed it or just like giving it a thumbs up or whatever system they have in the app we don't know yet uh, i mm. think it it's it's potentially if nothing else it's a good pr move to be you know a video games company that's still promoting ways that people can go out and get exercise and fresh air and that kind of stuff yeah uh and to to circle around and talk about like mycon live uh all that kind of stuff i the takeaway from all of this is that mycon minecraft just really needs to work on their pr like on mm. their communications yeah it is so confusing and it, it and it's it's like 
it's like when a tech company gets up and says like we've invented the wheel and you're like no you didn't invent the wheel this other company invented the wheel six years ago and you've, you've improved the wheel it's a nice round wheel and it's faster but you didn't make it it's not yours to claim and and i feel like with mine minecon it's just like we're doing minecon again you didn't stop doing minecon you just did it worse for yeah, a couple no, of years no, and now you're going back to hopefully improving it like it nobody just... thought there wasn't going to be a minecon this year and no. the even the blog post itself had nothing really oh, to yeah. say it was just like here are the same features we had last time and by the way the name is different here's let's repeat the name a whole bunch of times because we're anticipating some confusion now we've released something else called earth and this yeah. is now just live so yeah i feel kind of bad for for you know not not seeming more excited about yay we're getting minecon again but again nobody thought it was going away after last time <laughs> and and no. and it doesn't seem to have changed despite you know community feedback about how some of that went and I say community feedback from from my limited perspective, which is probably not yeah. you know the the full run of like kids just really enjoying the stage show aspect of it. They don't seem to have evolved it at all. They've just changed the name and rebranded it slightly. No, and and then the communication on like vote on new biomes, uh, that to me, my immediate response is like finish the biomes you said you were going to do now. Yeah, and, like, and I it, don't. If we're just I, like, like choosing them in a different order again, it's like, well, we kind of had an order for them the first time around. Yeah, well, that and like, it feels like empty promises. Like it starts to feel like politics, right? It's just like, you get to vote on the next biome to be updated. You haven't finished what you said you were going to do the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, and I mean, this and this is where the buggy release of 114 affects your trust, right? Like this is where you go, well, you said that you were going to update these other biomes, and up until one fourteen being released, I would have anticipated those to go smoothly. I don't anymore. Yeah, like I don't think that we're going to get those biomes updated before Minecon. I would anticipate that the vote on the next biome to be updated in Minecon is going to include the two losers from last year. Yeah, because that's how this cookie seems to be crumbling. And that to me is, uh, it's just, it's all this pomp and circumstance for the tiniest sliver of information. And how it's, much it's how a, much are you willing to bet that whatever the new entry is into Desert, Savannah, and whatever the third one is, the third one gets the votes just because it's a new idea that people haven't heard before? <laughs> They're well, like, probably. we we know yeah. about the Desert and Savannah things already. What's the new thing? And and that's yeah. that's potentially going to be the draw. It's 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 going to be interesting to see how like the psychological angle of that plays in. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, who knows? It's it's another live stream, and I guess we'll 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 tune in and see what happens. But uh, there is one piece of news that I wanted to touch on before we move away, and we're probably going to have to skip straight to our main topic, although that does include a bit of chunk mail as well. So we we're not going to neglect chunk mail entirely. But there was an article that came out about Minecraft Dungeons from Game Informer, um, which is a weird way to hear about it when minecraft has just announced a bunch of stuff for its 10th birthday um and and so this game informer article i think they sat down with the minecraft team around the time of the anniversary celebration and so it's like we've got the exclusive scoop on what's happening with minecraft dungeons and it's just a little bit more information if you're disappointed in the lack of news about it since it was announced at the last minecon um, so the article, I'll just go through a few bullet points here. The name of the main villain was revealed, and it's going to be the Arch Illager. So presumably the person who's ordering around all of these Illagers and Pillagers behind the scenes. 
it seems like rather than choosing a class at the beginning of the game like you would with any other kind of dungeon crawler, your class changes depending on how you mix and match your gear. So if you pick up a sword, you are kind of more of a warrior kind of guy. If you decide to switch to a staff, then you can be the mage kind of guy. And if you pick up a heavier piece of armor, you're naturally going to, you know, develop a bit more of a tanky kind of build. And everything is going to be sort of fluid like that rather than being fixed and only having specific armor for specific classes. Uh, it doesn't include any building or mining, according to this article. It's very much an action-adventure kind of thing, so don't necessarily expect to be building your way out of a dungeon or kind of, you know, getting the high ground that way. It's not going to be Fortnite-style where you kind of build stuff to survive. Uh, the environments are going to be procedurally generated, and they haven't been able to promise that we can share you know, generation seeds so that you could share stuff in the same way that you do with a Minecraft world and people could play exactly the same levels, but that is something they are reportedly looking into the possibility of. It isn't all going to be underground either. Despite the name, uh, the article says there are some levels or some biomes, this is a quote, there are some levels or some biomes that are on the surface and they're more open and sprawling. So potentially you could be running around a snow biome or a savanna instead of just everything taking place underground which is good in a way because Minecraft Underground can get a little boring. That's why everyone's been talking about getting a cave update next uh, for, for the longest time. Uh, there is one new mob that has been cited, which is a key mob. Uh, they haven't really said much about this. It's just this shiny little guy who looks like a big kind of chunky key. Uh, and it also popped up in the Minecon trailer. And you'd expect that if you get a key in some kind of dungeon crawler game, then that's the thing that will unlock a loot chest of some kind. But they haven't really given too many hints as to what this guy does, other than you just have to chase him down and hit him a couple of times before you can actually collect him and use him in some way. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of that comes in. And if that mob popping up in the Minecon trailer is a hint at it having some greater role to play in core Minecraft. As for Minecraft Dungeons, the release is still slated for later this year, so we're crossing our fingers that we'll see something. There are still seven months of the year for them to release the game, so hopefully we'll see something. Any thoughts about Minecraft Dungeons before we move on? Uh, I would think that the release date will be announced at Minecon. Yeah, I, I, and I'd hope so be, at this point, because I was expecting it to be, be this, this weekend. Yeah, it'll either be like available now or available, you know, before Christmas. Because yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they're they're aiming at a Christmas rollout. Considering we've heard so little about it, it can't be anytime soon. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and again, like at the earliest, we're going to find out about it at Minecon. Uh, Minecon Live, pardon me. <laughs> uh, Already the, it begins. Uh, yeah. No, and well, and the, th the thing is like, on a podcast and as you know as someone that complains about the lack of communication and the confusion of communication if they're going to call it minecon live then i should call it minecon live so that i'm not perpetuating the confusion right yeah uh it's oh, it's but it's one of those things where it's just it's it's just yet another thing that you have to remember mm -hmm. uh i am down for a diablo like dungeon crawler in the minecraft world uh, I like the idea of choosing your class based on your gear because mm -hmm. I felt one of those things where 
I played Diablo and I was a monk and I got bored with the monk. I thought, mm, I don't want to start a new character. Like, I don't want to start all over again. Yeah. You might want, you might get two levels in and think, mm, the wizard's not for me. I'd rather be a tank or I'd rather be an archer. And if all you have to do is just wait till you find a bow and switch, then sweet. Yeah. You know, I mean, have there be some work involved. Have, have, have there be like, okay, well, all of my armor was meant to augment, you know, my abilities as a wizard. Now I have to try and find other gear and get rid of this stuff, like, and, and try to, to tool my, my, my tech tree or whatever towards being a better archer, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, my concern with that is because Minecraft is such a simple world, uh, unless they expand upon that in Minecraft Dungeons, these kind of games need a very strong grind loot drive like i mm -hmm. need to be stronger and look cooler around every level every corner and swords and bows and and stuff like that like you they have to come up with more not just not just like stats but visually like i need a flaming axe like i need i need an and uh you know a, a black magic arrow like you're gonna need to have all these different options to keep people looking forward because if it's just gonna be the same old blue diamond axe with you know a an enchant on it that you can't see it's just a stat on a screen i don't know if that's gonna drive people uh especially in a third person top yeah. down sort of thing like looking looking cool with your friends like when you join a game with your friends and you've got like you know the red cape of doom or something cool like that's that's fun like you know showing that that kind of stuff off and and uh, having cool effects when you attack something like it lights everything on fire or i don't know you know that kind of stuff um they have an opportunity because the graphic design in minecraft is so we'll say basic no, not in a bad way yeah. Um, but adding a lot of variation to stuff uh, is a lot easier than having a more realistic game like Diablo and things like that. So uh, I would anticipate them, uh, if they're smart, they would have a lot of options uh, for that kind of loot grind. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, it all sounds pretty standard. We haven't heard anything. I found it very odd that all of the Minecraft, not all, most of the Minecraft devs that I follow were retweeting the minecraft dungeons post from way back like it was the original post and there was no new information in it but yeah. they were all retweeting it on the day of minecraft 10th anniversary it's like what there's nothing new here it's like it's like those cryptic eyeball tweets like everybody look at this it's like look at what there's you there's this game informer article how come they weren't retweeting the game informer article yeah, so, I, I think I think I, maybe they were hoping to have something a bit more concrete to announce at the 10th anniversary for Dungeons and whatever you know development cycle it's on has not allowed that to happen. Uh, that that would be my my speculation about the whole thing is that you know they've been able to push out this Game Informer article because they want to know something, but whatever you know reveal of additional stuff about Minecraft Dungeons they've wanted to have hasn't happened really um that's that's just speculation though that's not based on anything in particular um no, as no. for the the weaponry thing and 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 like the loot grind they did say something in the article about how enchantments are going to be used in that like you'll get a sword and it might have like a choice of one enchantment or another so you might end up like being able to choose between having fire aspect or sharpness on a sword and then that's the one you get and then you kind of move it on from there potentially i'm not sure but it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what they end up with and i'm still keeping an eye on it I, f I think dungeons is probably the thing that i'm most looking forward to out of the stuff that they've announced recently uh i will give minecraft earth a try and as for minecon i'll i'll 
turn up maybe <laughs> we'll see let's uh <laughs> let's move on to our main discussion topic though because we got a couple of emails this week that were thought-provoking and you picked out one that you thought was uh worth discussing today yeah the topic for this week is how do you introduce people to minecraft in game uh, and this is from the enderling hi pix and joel last week you were talking about minecraft's birthday and that veteran players can really appreciate how much the game has and community has evolved this got me thinking about a couple of friends of mine who very recently got into Minecraft. One of them picked it up for the first time only last month. I've pointed them towards Pixel Rift's Survival Guide series. Thank but you. But both of them, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would be the first thing that I would do. Uh, but he brings up an inter- or he or she brings up an interesting point. Uh, both of them are overwhelmed with not just learning how to play, but also the sheer amount of resources they find on YouTube and other platforms. My question for you is, Barring watching Let's Plays and tutorials, how would you introduce a friend to Minecraft in-game? I, I want to teach them how to play in the way that they are comfortable, but there is so much content in the game and community, and even though I'm a veteran player, I get lost as to where to start. Uh, thanks so much, uh, The Enderling PS. I'm a big fan of both of your content. Love you guys. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad that you enjoy the content and uh, and uh, excellent reference for the survival guide. Even though YouTube at large is is a bit overwhelming, uh, I learned to play quite a bit from the old Paul Soares Jr. Survive and Thrive series. Uh, and that was pointed to me by a friend that said, look, before we get into into this, you should watch a couple episodes of this just so that you kind of have an idea. I would say the same is true of Pixel Rift's survival guide um, for the for the the up to date versions of Minecraft. Like just starting in at episode one or two, you don't have to watch all hundred. Just go watch episodes one through five. Well, you would know Pixel Rift. What would be a good number? One yeah, through five, one I, through six. I think I think the first four is fine because that's like getting you from. You've got the starter, first night, build your first house, get a bed, that kind of stuff. A little bit of farming. How not so die. You, yeah, so, so a little bit of farming so you can get food. And then episode four is getting diamonds. And then once you're there, you're like, okay, so I've seen the entire hierarchy of tools at that point, right. And I know what's possible from that point of view. Then it's all just about gearing up and deciding what you want to do next. But outside of all of that, um, without the benefit of having YouTube or even stuff like the Minecraft wiki to refer to, I really feel like there's never been a better time to learn Minecraft from within the game. Because some of the overhauls that have happened recently, thinking specifically about the recipe book as an example, uh, it makes finding recipes possible without referring to the Minecraft wiki really heavily. And that's something that I, I dislike about modded Minecraft up until recently. People have started putting resources for modded minecraft in the mods themselves rather than expecting you to refer to an external website to find out what the tech progression is and stuff like that so having the recipe book in game makes finding recipes possible without having to get out of the game and kind of ruin your immersion so you stay focused on what you're doing at the time um also yeah if you're playing on the bedrock edition or console edition when i started on xbox 360 the crafting interface because it couldn't be as sophisticated as the keyboard and mouse one had its own basically window where whatever resources you had from your inventory it would show you the potential recipes you could have and there were a bunch of scrollable menus where you could it was categorized between you know here are building blocks here are decorative things kind of like the creative mode inventory is with the tabs here are tools and armor and weapons and that kind of thing and then you just kind of scrolled around to find that stuff so in that way you had the recipes sort of built into the game but java minecraft wasn't like that before 
and now it is. It, it's 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 been a little bit more built to support new players better. Considering that the game on PC doesn't have any tutorial mode, like there isn't a tutorial world for you to look around. You literally just get thrown into the game, and it tells you punch wood. And then you're just sort of left to your own devices at that stage. There are also the advancements, because those are there to give the game structure without feeling too restrictive. And the old achievement system sort of made sense, but looking at advancements in the game now, they are much more of a kind of a progression that you can follow, I think. And it's obvious where things branch off into challenges and little kind of extra tasks you can do that aren't necessarily part of the main path and it's also split up into stuff about farming stuff about exploring the nether and the end there are a lot more you know obvious paths through the game now if you need a progression to follow but personally i think the game is intended to be a sandbox people can learn at their own pace and i think as a veteran player the the impression that you want to give is that like this is a really great game and you can become super OP really quick and you can get all of the best enchantments and stuff when that's the overwhelming thing to people is the sheer depth of it and seeing that in what your friend is already doing. Your friend has already built this enormous palace and has all of this gold armor everywhere and stuff. You kind of just want to start one step at a time and follow your friends around and, and assist them with doing whatever they're doing and learning at their own pace rather than trying to encourage them to get on your level as quickly as possible, if that makes sense. No, I would 100% agree. And something that I think is also overwhelming on YouTube is the speed at which people play Yeah, and the speed at which they accomplish things. Like, I mean, there's a cut in a video and it cuts three hours of Minecraft play out and just mm-hmm. says, oh, and here's a castle. Boof. Yeah. You know, uh, and I feel like, I mean, it's more, more and more these days I'm noticing that players are noting how long it it took you know like there's there a lot of times in a funny way that there's usually like a little spongebob kind of like cutscene like three hours later yeah yeah you know yeah. <laughs> and it's a really saying like this took a really long time guys please like the video um but with stuff like that i think it's important um you mentioned the wiki and i've been introduced to minecraft by a friend and have then uh, in turn introduced a friend to minecraft and i think the important thing is to slow down to just not do anything you're almost there to not play yeah Uh, you're there to follow your friend around and be like look i'm not going to speak i'm not going to really get into the the technical stuff until you ask me so it's like okay you got to right click you know or, or left click or right click to do this and that you know give them the instructions and then say okay when this stuff pops up in the top right hand screen don't ignore that uh Something that I do find is a little bit troublesome with Minecraft is that the pop-ups of you've just discovered a new recipe is very much like a social media notification or a pop-up ad. Yeah. And so yeah. everybody just kind of ignores them. It's like, well, oh, whatever, go away. Like just what was that? That wasn't that didn't seem important. Why it was way why was it way up in the top of the screen as opposed to right over my pickaxe where it's or right center screen, like you've discovered a new recipe you know Mm -hmm. so i feel like some of that kind of stuff is a little bit um overwhelming for new players but you can say like look punch wood and do this and do that and now you've got to craft a pickaxe and so then take the time to explain so you can craft it you know using the the grid in the crafting table or you can use the book give them the resources so that when you're not around they're not stuck you know you kind of have to become a teacher if you approach it like teaching um, then I think that you'll be better off. 
Um, I think too that, you know, to what you said, Johnny, uh, letting them play at their own pace and, and letting them play the way that they want to play and assisting that is important. Uh, if they want to explore, explore with them and just be like, okay, but if we do this, we need to make a bed and we need to have some weapons because otherwise this is not going to go well and you're not going to have fun. You know, like, and that's fine. Um, but if they want to explore and that's what they want to do, then that's cool. Right. You mm-hmm. kind of have to play that yes and game with them. Yeah, totally. Uh, I've, found that um for me like you want to kind of set up the basics but having some sort of task like if they have a thing like okay well what do you want to do and if they say well i saw this really cool castle as an example then you can say okay well here are the steps that you should probably consider before doing that not that you can't build a castle the first time in game but you're going to want a safe place to sleep you're going to want some food and then you think, okay, well, how do we break this down in the tasks? Well, you're going to want to mine the stone. You want to clear cut the, an area for the castle, you know, and then once they've decided how they want to do that, you can help with the legwork, right? Like if you're building, say like a symmetrical castle and you've decided that this is what you want to do, like as your friend decides, then you can say, okay, well you design it. And then rather than you having to build both halves, I'll just help you and I'll just, I'll do the mirror work so that you don't have to do it. Uh, and that becomes fun because then they see results that much faster mm-hmm. and, and they understand, you know, like the time that goes in and plus you get to hang out and instead of them going to Wikipedia or going to the, the wiki to look up a, a recipe or look up a, 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 a mechanic, they can just ask you and then that's fun. It's way more fun to hang out in that uh, and, and try to figure that kind of stuff out. Like I remember the first time I died, I was like, oh, okay, um, what happens now? And so Stephen had to explain, oh, you're just, you're going to go back to the last bed that you slept in. Oh, sweet. Okay. You know, like just little things like that, that you just kind of like get to know as you play. Um, and it was way more fun to learn all those little nuances from Stephen, my friend that introduced me to the game, than it was for me to go, go look it up online. Cause I find that kind of looking stuff up online about games. It breaks the immersion for me. Like I don't want to have yeah. a, a, a website open on my second monitor while I'm playing Minecraft. Yeah. No, if, no. if, if it's happening while I'm playing the game, sure. And I, I remember when I was taking regular kind of bus commutes into work, I would read the Minecraft wiki on the bus because I wanted to be at home playing the game but when i was at home playing the game i was doing everything in world i wasn't spending half the time with like my laptop open next to me while i was playing minecraft on my xbox it was a different kind of vibe it was like okay i'm in the game now let me figure stuff out as i go and even it's it's funny going back to making my own youtube series where i'm teaching people if not like encouraging people to refer to the youtube content itself when i was teaching things I did go really slowly at first to the point where some people who are veteran players of the game were frustrated at how long I spent with a wooden pickaxe because they were like, no, the thing you do with a wooden pickaxe is you mine three blocks of cobblestone, then you make a stone pickaxe and you do everything else. And I'm like, yeah, but now you're skipping the whole step where you can make all of the tools out of wood if you want to. And that can be crucial for like you know late game players even because you can you can be stranded in the middle of nowhere you can be playing a game type where you don't have access to stone something like skyblock where it's going to take you absolutely ages to get anywhere if you don't realize that you can make an axe out of wood if you want to it's not Mm. very effective but it can certainly cut down on a little bit of that early wood grind time and it's it's kind of necessary i think to start from scratch learning everything at the slowest possible pace and then you find out your ideal way to play and if you're playing with friends 
give it time for them to click with the game you know that it's it's not necessarily they're not going to immediately approach it with the same kind of passion for the game that you have having played for several years mm-hmm. i th- i think the thing is really to yeah like like joel said be be somebody who's just there to help and try to yeah talk as little as possible let them ask you questions and then when they're coming to you being like can we play minecraft now because i've got some big ideas that's when you know yeah. you've got a hit on your hands yeah exactly and if and if they are overwhelmed with the sandbox aspect like some people just want instructions like some people just want to be told this is level one it starts here it ends there you have to go through it uh similar to uh, a response to a chunk mail last week introduce a narrative uh if if they can't come up with one put one in arbitrarily something short like well let's build a fantasy kingdom or let's create a ufo crash site or something um but if 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 they're a creative type person which they probably are if they're playing minecraft um or interested in minecraft then say like you know well if you're feeling stuck for ideas come up with a story like pick something from your favorite book you know pick something from your favorite film and let's do your version of it or let's create something that's similar in that world and that then kind of says okay well now i don't have to figure out what i'm going to do i figure i have to figure out how i'm going to do it which becomes just a simple task list and then all kinds of gameplay just immediately there we're also uh, talking specifically about survival minecraft here as well there are so many other things out there your friend might enjoy creative mode more and even though that that might not be your speed you could always help them out building something and recommend blocks that they could use if they don't know what's out there Likewise, if they're a bit more action-oriented, you might want to take them to the Hypixel server and play some Sky Wars, or maybe introduce them to Minecraft Dungeons when that rolls around. So there are there are so many different ways to play the game that, as as always with this show, I try and you know give us some perspective that we are mostly survival players, so we're taking this from a survival perspective. But in reality, Minecraft feels like a game platform more than it is just the one game. And there may be experiences out there for your friends that may be a bit more their speed than building everything up from scratch, losing everything if they die, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the Enderling did not specify uh, in the email what version or what type of gameplay they're they're into. I went to survival because he referenced your survival guide. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd assume that that's kind of the experience you get if you just load up Minecraft and hit play. It loads you Mm. up in survival if you haven't touched the world settings at all. But yeah, like if if your friend, for whatever reason, isn't clicking with survival gameplay, let them know there's some other options before you count them out, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's probably going to be it for this episode. We have spent a lot of time dissecting the news and would love to hear you guys' opinions on it but that's going to be it from us you can find out more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com the music for the show was composed by me and the spawn chunks is proud to be a listener supported podcast if you get some value out of the show why not consider putting some value back in you can do that at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks where joining our community at pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons only discord chat and get us closer to our next goal which is recording the show live and broadcasting it to our patrons on discord uh, we're currently at 111 patrons which is a beautiful number to read <laughs> but i'm looking forward to seeing that increase it's a massive increase from the last few weeks as well so thank you guys so much and special thanks to our content engineers jd williamson pajitos panqua and yitz for their support on this episode 
Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram, but a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast. That includes things like uh, sharing it on iTunes and Android and Stitcher and Spotify. We currently have 88 five-star reviews on the U.S. iTunes store. No other reviews. They're all five-star reviews. That is fantastic. And thank you very much to everybody that's gone out and given us a rating. We have a lot more than 88 listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to see you pop over to your favorite podcast platform, whether it's iTunes, Android, whatever. And if they have a system to either like, rate, review, share, anything, do that. It costs you nothing but a few minutes of your time, and it helps us out immensely mm-hmm. uh, because we are slowly but surely cra- crawling our way to the top. Climbing of- that ladder. Uh, of top 10 podcasts when people just search for minecraft they don't have to remember the name of our show they just have to remember minecraft search for it on their platform and we are showing up more often than not and the higher on those lists that we can get then the more listeners that we can bring into the community and that would be absolutely fantastic Uh, as johnny mentioned if you have thoughts and feelings about the things that we talked about on the show you can email us at thespawnchunks at gmail.com the rss feed for the show is at thespawnchunks.com and the patron only rss feed is on the patreon page that is the only place where you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I stream three, do- three days a week on Twitch from the same world, doing behind-the-scenes work for the Survival Guide series. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. And aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I am up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. If you're interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line there. Please do it via email. I I do get some tweets and some Instagram posts from time to time, and they're harder to track. If you've got some some work-related questions, email is 100% the best way to get a hold of me. If you like this show, you may also like the Citadel Cafe, a podcast that I talk about sci-fi and geeky entertainment with my friends. And you can follow me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram with just my name, I'm going to point you towards Twitch because there's going to be some streaming this week and it might even be from the realm of Vastin. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. The Earth is now Minecraft. Up is down. Black is white. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs>